0: Okay, so yesterday we discovered why Hashem asks us to give gold to build a tabernacle, why He mentions gold first. It would seem that gold is not the number one thing they needed to build a tabernacle, it's not the number one thing people had, and yet Hashem mentions gold first, before silver, before copper, because He wants to tell us how it's possible for us to make a home for Hashem. The reason why it's possible for us to make a home for Hashem is because of how precious we are. Hashem tells us, I want you to know that you are gold, that you're precious, that that your real existence, that your reality of who you are, is that you are neshama, that you're holy, even though you may have all kinds of other things in mind, but your true essence is that you're part of Hashem. And even when you're thinking about giving stuff to the tabernacle for all, kind of, all kinds of selfish reasons, you should know that deep down, your true, your true reality is that you're doing this because you love Hashem, just like your grandfather, Avram, Vinu, did things out of love, because he loved Hashem, that's who you are. After Hashem gave us the Torah, things just like Hashem wants us to make this world, the lowest of all worlds, a home for Hashem, and to transform it. So the reason we're capable of doing that is because our reality, who we are, is, 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 is holy. As we are souls and bodies in this physical world, we are holy. And therefore, we're able to make this world a home for Hashem. That's that explains. We, we asking we asking yesterday. It should there should have been some rules about who's allowed to participate. Should have, it should have been that only the highest and holiest Jews should be able to be part of this. And um, and the reason why that's not that way is because uh, because uh, what allows us to participate in doing this in unfathomable thing of making a home for Hashem is not because of of our consciousness and how we feel and our thoughts and our minds and whatever, it's because of our deepest and realest self. Let's go to, let's read inside on page of Ches Ha'etzvav. Now you can understand why gold is the first ingredient that's mentioned in the donations for the tabernacle. When God in his Torah is, is reckoning the various contributions that a Jew should bring he starts off with gold because God is expressing by saying gold first, not so much how important gold is without any connection to who we are. God's not listing the most important, most precious metal, which has no relevance to us, rather, He's talking to us. God wants to express the importance and the virtue of a Jew. And the very first property that a Jew owns, and the very automatically the very first thing that a Jew gives is gold, the most precious, the most important thing. Why? Why is that who what we give, because what is the reality of a Jew after the Torah was given? even as we are here in this physical world, even though we're in a physical world, and in this world, there is a need in building a tabernacle for silver and copper too. And the truth is, you need that. You need more of silver and copper than you, than you do gold. But Hashem wants you to know that first of all, you are Rich, not just you happen to be rich, but you were an usher b'etzem. The usher b'etzem means that in your very core you're wealthy. Ben Melech, you are a prince. The say not just you are a, a son of a king, but you rather you are a king himself. That you, you are, and you are connected to the most precious thing, to gold, to Zohar. That it says in, in Neres and other svarim that when you give tzaka, when things are going well, when you don't have to give because you want to change something in heaven, change some kind of kasher some kind of decree. Your your gold, your gift. I am sorry, is considered like gold. That's what the word zav means. Zav, zav means the one who is giving is healthy. Uh, on the other hand, when you're giving because you're in trouble and you want God to suddenly turn things around, it says the value of the gift is less. That's why uh, the word Nechayshas, uh, uh, the word kaseh, first of all, hey, what's next? Silver is an acronym of when there is danger, when there's fear. And the word Nechayshas, copper, is silver is. I'm trying to do this <laughs> in silver. Yeah, it's a Hebrew. Uh, we're on page uh, Yud Ches, the bottom of the second column. And you're just in time. I wanted to tell this to you. The word silver is an acronym for when there's danger, when there's when there is uh, when, there's, uh, when there's when there's fright. And the word is copper is an acronym for uh, the gift of a poor man who says uh, this, uh, who says to give? So when you're in trouble and you give, it doesn't have the same value when you give. Nothing's wrong, so then the gift has more value. That's what it means. That's what the books of of, of ethics of Jewish and Musser talk about the various kinds of ways to give. But here the Rebbe is saying that a Jew should know that he is a prince, that he is a king, that he is not only hap- not only does he happen to be rich, not only did he make it into the Forbes uh, this month. And uh, two years ago, he wasn't. Make sure the switch is on. There's a switch on the bottom. Is, is it charging? No. Oh. Not only does he happen to be rich, but a Jew has to know that he is in his very core, he is rich. Not only does he happen to be rich, he is rich in his very core. The Mittreb was once talking to the Alt about arrogance, and he says, how come when people become rich, the arrogance that they have is not like a superimposed quality, but it's like something that they're born with. The, the, the arrogance that they naturally experience is like an inborn arrogance. But here they were saying a positive thing. And I was not talking about um, arrogance and, and the, 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 they were saying the, the exact opposite. The Jew should know that he is wealthy in, and he is the most precious person in the world and therefore the most precious things in the world belong to him because a Jew is, is a part of Hashem and that's why the Torah says to us to give to the Mishkan Hashem tells us you should know you are the first thing you have to give is gold gold is an acronym for you're giving with health it means you have full health physically full health spiritually you're not giving with, altruistic, with, with selfish motives you are gold and therefore your gift is a full and proper and, and uh, most wholesome and realist gift you say it to a well, further Besides the fact that by giving, by mentioning gold first, do we see the value of a Jew? By mentioning gold first, we're emphasizing the virtue of a Jew. How a Jew is precious. But we're mentioning gold first in, co- in the context of what we're meant to give for God's home. In other words, our, our preciousness, our, our worth, our worth is, is so great that we're able to make the world a home for Hashem. Why can I go and take my stuff and suddenly make that into a home for Hashem? Because even while I'm in this world, I'm not really a, a citizen of this world. I am a citizen of gold. I am a citizen of the higher worlds. Because I am gold, because I am precious, because I have an neshama, that's my real that's my true reality. That's why I'm able to take stuff in this world and just and do amazing stuff with it. Like this guy over here, Nathan, Nathan, was able to, to take wood and suddenly turn it into this most, most beautiful tables and uh, amazing. See this guy's stuff? Amazing. Why can you do that? So you, you, you could do that. Oh, even better. Why can you do that? You can do that because because, because. Saying we should know why can we make a home for Hashem? Because we're precious. That's, that's who we are. I probably told you a story yesterday because I love this story. I can't remember anything. So I'll tell you a story again. Stories like this. It's a story. You story. hear this story a hundred times and, and every time you hear it, it's going it's, it's it's to it's it's reveal you in Hashem. There was this woman in Brooklyn before Pesach. She had six children. And uh, she was about to go with her children to buy clothing for Pesach. And she notices across the street this this poor kid Joey, and says, Ah, "Joey, I want to, um, I want you to come join us." And Joey's like, ah, "Okay." Joey knows him, not scared of them. And they go out to uh, buy stuff. And she's, "I told you so, like yesterday." No, 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 Dumb he knows him, he doesn't. Whatever. When I was a kid, it was not. Yeah, you 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 born of different generation. Anyways, Baruch Hashem. Anyways, so so they, so they go shopping, and she says, I want to buy you a suit. He's like, no, I don't need a suit. He's like, I want to. I enjoy giving this to you. She buys him not just one suit. She buys him a few suits, and she buys him shirts, and she buys him pants, and she buys him underwear, and she buys him pajamas. And Joey is, Joey is, is you can't imagine how Joey is not just transformed externally, how Joey looks, but Joey melts. Joey is so touched. Joey is so touched by the kindness that she's pouring on him, and he can't believe it. And Joey's a simple little kid, so Joey looks at her and says, is it true that you're God? And she's, you know, this is a simple kid They went to school that God's kind and merciful and thus just saves you sometimes. So, uh, all the time. As a senior Sham used uh, to say, So he figures, this must, be, this must be who it is. So she says, No, but I'm God's daughter. The Torah says, Good Jews are called God's children, I'm God's daughter. Says, ah! His face lights up. I knew you were from his family. So so this is the Rebbe saying over here, we have to know why is it that we're able to make the world a home for Hashem to just transform the physical things around us and make it holy is because we're from His family, because we're golden. We're not just, ha- we're not just princes, the Rebbe says we're kings, we're rich, in our very core. That's just happening to be rich. Next column, page two, Test. Test. You test. Mishkan canal. We're talking about vis-a-vis the tabernacle itself tabernacle itself and what the Jewish people actually gave. So then the tabernacle needs more silver and copper, doesn't need more gold. And the Jews had more silver and copper than they had gold. That's they're talking about what they actually gave the vis-a-vis the the, the recipient, the, the target of their kindness. But when God's talking to us, he's asking us to do this. So then, the important thing to tell us, why can you guys do this? <speaking in Hebrew> so, when Hashem is talking to us, He mentions gold first, so He wants us to know that even while we're here in this world, the very first possession we have is gold, and that's what we're able to make, a home for Hashem, because our true reality is our Hashem. <speaking in Hebrew> that's the reason Why at that time, the Jewish people actually had lots of silver and gold, in a simple sense. Why they have so much? This trickled down from their inherent worth. Because of their core, how they're spiritually wealthy, that's why they became physically wealthy. Everything that happens in this world is a result of, of what happens in the higher worlds. We're, this world is the lowest world that comes from the higher world. So because we are actually wealthy spiritually, that's why when we left Mitzrayim, of course we were naturally physically wealthy because we're spiritually wealthy. So the physical comes from the spiritual. And that explains why in the coming Torah portions. In Vayakil. When the Torah talks about the donations Jewish people gave, it divides the gold and the silver and copper into two different verses. It puts them in two different categories. It says in one verse, First it says, The men came with the women, or more accurately, the, the, yeah, the men came with the women, the women were, were leading, the, and giving, giving more than the men, and they gave all their gold. And then it says, And then the Torah interrupts with the gifts of the wool. Then it says the silver and copper. Puts it separate. It doesn't mention all the metals together, like it does in this word Torah portion. Why? The Nachmanides says, What do women have? Women only have gold. They don't have silver and copper for their jewelry. Yes, taking a mental note. Okay. Yes. Oh, you don't give silver and copper for jewelry. You only give gold. <laughs> so, 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 so it doesn't mention it together because the women gave more gold. That's a simple reason. ah, Because ah, ah, ah. so, so, she gave away all the gold already, and because the reason why it has to be the reason why gold is mentioned in a different verse, why it's mentioned in a different verse, because gold is a whole different category in silver and copper, all there the, the nations, it's a different category. Gold represents the perfection of a Jew. That's a spiritual reason why men and women own gold. The reason why everyone had gold is because gold represents the true value of the the neshama of our, every Jew's inner core, and therefore everyone has gold, men and women, everyone has it. Why does everyone have gold? Because gold is, the physical gold, it is a ishtalshal, it's, it's, it trickles down to this world from the way things are in spirit, spiritually, and spiritually every Jew has the most precious things, every Jew has spiritual gold, has a neshama. Okay, a A now we can understand the relevance as we ask them getting this, of this for bringing. Why is Parsha Truma read in the beginning of the month of Adar? What does it do with Adar? What does it mean? It says the Gemara that we have great mazel, we have a healthy mazel in the month of Adar. The Talmud says there is no mazel for the Jewish people. It does not mean that we're shlemazels? What that means is is that. We're, as Rashi says, that we're able to change things with our merits. We're not dependent upon what, what Yankel says he sees in the stars. Our mitzvahs change to make, make our future. Our mitzvahs are our destiny. But the Gemara says two opposite things. It's in a month of Adar, you have a good mazal Then it says, we don't have any mazal. We we're not affected by mazal. Our mitzvahs are our mazal. So which one is it? I think Rashi explains it. to that's the words, That's a word, a word, a word, yeah, the Talmud? where's the Gemara? So let's see. So this is the question. Do we have no Mazel? We're not affected by Mazel? Or do we have Mazel? I mean, oh, we only have good Mazel. What's going on over here? In the month of Adar, there's good Mazel, so we'll take it. What's going on? You might want to answer, like Rashi says, that through our prayers, through our merit, we can change things for the good. Yes, we are affected by this angelic force called Mazel. That's how things trickle down in the world through something called Mazel. However, through our mitzvahs, through our prayer, through our, we can change it for good. That's what you might think, but that doesn't answer the question. What are we saying? We're saying the month of Adr, there's a healthy mazel. Not because you did a mitzvah, not because you learned Torah, just the month of Adr itself has a healthy mazel. One second. If it's a healthy mazel, what does that even mean? Didn't Rashi say that our mitzvahs are a mazel, our Torahs are a mazel, our merits are a mazel? That makes our things, that makes whatever is happening in our life better? It sounds like from the Gemara that in Adr, it doesn't matter what you do, you have good mazel. So which one is it? Is our mitzvahs our mazel, or is there something else? And that's why we say the month of Adar, we a good miles the month of Av, not so good. What's going on? Here's how it works. The explanation like this. We talk about the essence of a Jew, the way a Jew is in his source. The Jewish people are not under at all the jurisdiction of the mazalists. The Hashem tells every Jew, do not learn from the nations of the world. Do not be afraid of the signs of the heaven. Let the non-Jews be afraid of those things. Don't be scared of the signs of the sky. It's not for you. What's novel about a Jew is even more. So first of all, not affected by those angelic forces, how things may trickle down to the world. Uh, Hashem Hashem gives light to the world through the sun, and, and heat through the sun, and Hashem... His sustenance may go through some, uh, some angels, etc., but we're not supposed to pay any attention to that whatsoever. We're not under their jurisdiction. They have no, there's no force. But what's novel about the Jew is even more, even the way this Jew soul is in this world, in a body, in this world, in nature, and his body appears like the corpality of a non-Jew, which the non-Jewish, which they are led through these Khan even here, even as we are here in this world, we are not under the jurisdiction of the mazales and therefore we're able to change it through our merits. But that's because of our merits, because of our mitzvahs, we could change it. What's unique about the month of Adar is even more. What's unique about the month of Adar is more. Even the way a Jew is in this world, and he is somehow now being affected by the mazel. Not just the mazel, but he has a court case with a non-Jew. He is contending with some 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 force. He is dealing with someone who is attacking him it's such a force the Torah says to him hey don't deal with the guy in the month of Av you don't have a good mazel then but in the month of Adr, which has a healthy mazel, the moment the month begins without doing anything by yourself any mitzvahs that you're doing the mazel by itself is healthy even a non-jew can look at you and see and feel wow Look at these guys. They have such great fortune. So that's the way things are in the month of Adar that it's not because of our merits, but without any merit whatsoever, Hashem already lifts us up above all of the rules of nature of this world and blesses us with unique blessings. Let, let, let me continue over here in outside the, the Hebrew. When the Gemara says, the Jewish people do not have any mazel, the word the Gemara uses is EIN. EIN means there isn't. But the word EIN, which means there isn't, also means nothingness. And also is a Kabbalistic term for putting yourself aside completely. For nullifying yourself to Hashem, to being nothing before Hashem. So our, our core is our ability to Give our lives for Hashem. The, the essence of a Jew is mysterious in that. The essence of a Jew is devotion to Hashem. Ayn. What is our mazzle? What, what flows into us? What drips into our consciousness? Where is it? What What is our core? Our core is Ayn. Ayn means nothingness or this 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 devotion and this faith and to Hashem. That's that's our that's our mazl. So that's not just the way I am in heaven. That's the way I'm in this world. It's mazl. Mazl means it drips down into me. Ma, ma, what's my mazl? What drips into me in this world? as we learned earlier this week about the voices that come from heaven, that that even the way I'm in this world, I, I hear that and I feel that. So, and that's why, at the altar of said, we learned, a Jew does not want and a Jew cannot sever his Baal with Hashem. A Jew doesn't want or doesn't he can't. The inner desire of a Jew does do what God wants. And that's why in this world uh, we have this strong mazel, a strong blessing, even to the eyes of the non-Jews. So basically, what we're saying is like this. We're gonna, we're gonna continue on further and learn this a little deeper, but the basic idea is like this. Yes, it's true that in this world, Hashem created a um, Hashem hides himself in the in the in nature, Hashem hides himself in the various intermediaries to through which God's sustenance arrives at this world. But a Jew is not the intermediaries aren't really any force, they don't have a force, they're just like the axe in the hand of a wood chopper. They don't have, the axe has no power on its own. What's unique about a Jew is that although there may be ordinarily a, uh, a, a, a reason to judge a person and, and say they deserve this, they deserve that, and to, to, to respond to them based upon their merits, and that's what's unique about the Jewish people, as Rashi says, that we're able to change things through our merits, through our prayers. We're able to change whatever the court has allotted to us through our merits. That's ordinarily. We're not limited by the, the way things are seems to be in this world where, there's, where there is old uh, rules of what's supposed to happen according to the rules of nature. All those rules are suspended in favor of our merits and favor of our mitzvahs. That's in general. What's unique about the month of Adar is, is that Hashem reveals in the month of Adar our true value. And therefore, and therefore it doesn't matter what merits you have. Hashem reveals your essence. What's your essence? Your essence is that you have ayin, that you are nullified, you're devoted to Hashem. So Hashem reveals your connection to Him and the way you are above all limitations of nature. And therefore, there's unique blessings and such unique blessings that they're so obvious that everyone, Jews and non-Jews, could see, wow, this guy's having such great m- blessing this month. Why is that? It's because Hashem lifts us up above, in the month of Adar, He lifts us up above the... the, the, the It's a time of divine grace and mercy. And therefore it doesn't depend upon our merits. Without the merits, it's, it's a time of, of, of blessing. That's why the, it's a time to add in joy, because the greatest joy a Jew could have, the says, is by seeing that God is with you. To be continued. Any questions or comments? All right. Also, Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I get oh yeah.